Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, a slight tangent, the crappy quiz, and you had to be there. Five goals in 20 minutes. It's just, you can't do that. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Monday Night Rugby on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now then, have you say Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times here in the studio. You're very welcome. Thank, Thank you for Joe. coming in. And Fiona Hayes, Grand Slam winner, is with us as well. Good evening. Hello, Joe. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. So Friday night, from bad to worse for Munster. Big win for Connacht. 20 points to 11 in Galway. We had Leinster Sharks at the RDS. Exactly the kind of fair the URC organisers have been craving. 54 points Leinster, 34 points Sharks. And then Ulster put 47 points on the Osprey Saturday night, winning out by 30 in the end. So next up for Connacht, Friday night, Leinster are in Galway. Munster on Saturday evening have the Bulls at Thomond and Ulster are on their South African travels now. They'll face the Lions uh, first of all. So we will start in Galway, Jerry. Connacht 20, Munster 11. You were there, I presume? I was, yes. I had the pitch look. Looked absolutely beautiful. Same on TV. Yeah, yeah. looked really amazing, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fiona, were you there? I wasn't, no, Joe. I didn't get a chance to go up at all, so I was just watching it on the TV. Okay. So, uh, for Munster, it's getting a bit serious now. Their only win Zebra at home, and there was no bonus point in that performance, and there was there was much to be desired, uh, given that they had scored 20... Or they had scored three tries, 25-odd points by um, 25 minutes, and never got the bonus try. They're 12th in the table, 13 points off Leinster, 10 off Ulster... There's nothing much working, I suppose, is the issue, Fiona. When you try and hone in on a certain issue that they could just fix and and get moving, uh, it's kind of across the board problems, really. Yeah, definitely across the board. You know, I looked up some some general stats after the weekend. I watched the game and I was trying to pinpoint, obviously, the performance. The accuracy is, is really bad. But uh, something that really jumped out to me, Joe, was like the, the missed tackle count so far in the competition. They're first out of all the teams. They're up at a 78. You know, they're they're down at 14th for lining out accuracy at only 80%. Um, they've conceded 38 penalties, eight of those in the scrum, which they had a bad day against Connacht on Friday. Friday, it just seems like even the basics aren't going well. Um, when you're watching the game, you can see the, the guys are getting up for it. They're trying to, to break that game line. They're trying to string the phases together, but it just seems to break down. And, you know, Roundtree has spoken after all the games saying it is, you know, it, it's coming. It's, it's, he's disappointed. The guys are disappointed, but it's, it's those simple basics. That's really, I, I can't understand that 78 missed tackle count is absolutely crazy at this level of Munster team. And for, for a Munster their squad that has always kind of prided itself at the line out that isn't firing either at times yeah I think it's actually 52 penalties in the it four is. games yeah that's well. what I make it's 52 yeah. penalties yeah. worse again really mm. so they were 8-5 up at half time mm-hmm. they were slightly flattered to be 8-5 up given Jack Cardi had hit the post twice and Connacht had had more of the game and I dare say at the end of it all if Connacht hadn't won they'd have been kicking themselves all week as that would not least if that would have made it four defeats in a row with Leinster to come home next Friday so at least they can breathe a little easier this week enjoy training that bit more and it's a bit of a free pass against Leinster as it pretty much is for everybody um, <clears throat> but for Munster yeah um, another one over the four rounds only eight line breaks like they just haven't looked like penetrating sides at all it's very hard to actually ascertain what their game is because it, they're just not building through phases. I thought the return of Gavin Coombs did improve matters significantly. It was more of a focal point for their running game, both as a carrier, he was their best carrier, and as a distributor enabler, bringing other people into the game. 
in mitigation, you have to say that they're missing Mike Haley, Simon Zebo, Andrew Conway, Keith Earls from their back three injured and you look at I watched the Emerging Ireland performance yesterday and you look at how Shane Daly took his try and how well Calvin Nash played chasing high kicks and so forth you'd have to wonder if they'd been available how they might have performed a little bit better Joey Carby I think was starting his first match ever at fullback for Munster as far as I could ascertain Mm -hmm. and we had two academy wingers Colin Phillips and Patrick Campbell who had a tough night at the office all three of them did I mean um, Carty and Fitzgerald found space in behind the kickers. Did a lot of there was a lot of all weather grass in behind that they found. Yeah. Um, Joey was a bit exposed for the Mac Hansen try ball watching a little bit. Mm. So they really had difficulties in the back three. You know the the fifty twenty two from Stephen Fitzgerald in behind Com Phillips. Um, so that's a mitigating factor. I do think this emerging Ireland tour, while it's obviously had many pluses for the players themselves and for the Irish coaching staff, has been um, disruptive for the four provinces and possibly Munster the most yeah. and if they miss out by in the top eight by a point or two given what they've had to endure in the first four weeks of the season that'll be you know that's that will be quite costly and such concepts are now very real that they might actually miss out in the Heineken Cup next season it's it's very must be very worrying time for the provinces Joe because you know Tom and Park is now a huge game on Saturday they need a real rallying focal point from their crowd and they need a win desperately just to kickstart their season properly in, in front of the Tom and Park faithful I I'm, I'm in my struggles to comprehend what they're trying to achieve. There's one theory I'm I've half half baked theory, cl- classic one of mine. Maybe might be no truth in it whatsoever. But you've got a new head coach in Graham Rountree, you've got a new tack coach in Mike Prendergast, you've got a new defence coach in Dennis Leamy, and even a new forwards coach in Andy Kiriakou. This is the most changed coaching ticket by a distance of the four. There's been continuity all elsewhere, and maybe there is just a little bit of information overload. <clears throat> that they're trying to get impart so much information to the players at these high intensity training sessions that it's just leading to a little bit of confusion or incoherence in the performances. Mm. Fiona, to Jerry's point, can you deduce what they're trying to do in attack? You can see like you can see that they're obviously they, they're not going back to that kicking in. They're trying to they're trying to get runners, they're trying to get runners off Healy. You know, you can they're trying to you can see their focus, they're trying to get that ball wide. We probably didn't see a lot of that. We saw Munster picking and going very narrow. And I can see a change, especially in the forwards way they are attacking. They're definitely getting a bit wider. But there's there's nothing really obvious. You know, there's there's no real change. And I know that there's a complete like uh, coaching ticket. Obviously, you have new ideas coming in. But I mean, you have to go back and look at the, the simple game and it's it's a basic game. And I and I think it's it's the individual performances and it's the carries that are, are letting them down. And as I said, it's the set piece it is an issue, the discipline. So I think Jerry could be spot on there. There's a lot of information obviously being given to these guys from all different sectors with each coach, obviously concentrating on their own area. But definitely in attack, Joe, I can't see anything hugely different or or if the game plan has completely gone out the window. It's just how they're going about their business probably isn't as clinical and accurate as it was at times last season. Fiona, would you say that they're probably producing the worst ruck ball at the breakdown on their own ball of any of the four provincial sides in Ireland by a distance? Um, They just haven't got their clear outs right at all. Their ball presentation goes down to the carries, I know, as well. So that's really handicapping them in in attack as well. That's been the same from from day one. Mm -hmm. season mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's the thing we I spoke about that early on in the season Joe I think it was with yourself or, was, yeah. or and I was and I was saying you know obviously 
I saw for maybe the next 20 minutes of the game that you could see that the, the cleanouts had got a, a little bit better, but their height approach in the breakdown has been crazy at times. I know they're tired. You've new new guys coming in who might probably have the same footwork or are trying to adapt to the game, but just the cleanout, the ball is so slow coming out. It seems to be always on the on the back foot. You know, Ben Healy's trying to work with it. With Connor Murray obviously starting this this week, I just thought everything about the game looked really, really slow at times, and that's including the breakdown, which they haven't improved. And that, to me, is crazy because we've talked about in the past. I'm sure they've looked at videos. I'm sure they're focused on that an area, but I haven't seen definitely over the 80 minutes where it's completely changed and they've really got to grips with that area. And then normally they bully teams, particularly Connacht over the years, at scrum and line-out time. Mm-hmm. But the the first two scrums, like particularly the second one, when Connacht almost obliterated the Munster pack, you you've no idea what impact that had on the seven five thousand plus crowd around the ground. It was like it was almost seismic. You could almost hear the, the earth move underneath or the all weather pitch move underneath. It really had a profound effect in the game. It drew a line to sand. It possibly influenced the referee as well a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have got Lon Odds and Dave Heffern having a one hundred percent return from his line out throws against Munster, Peter Manny at all. Whereas they, I think they stole about three of the the Munster balls. It was quite. If they don't have that platform, then they're gonna they are gonna struggle. So they're struggling scrum, line out, and breakdown. It's, it's kind of difficult to build an attack as a result of that. Yeah, very worrying. Yeah, sorry, Fiona. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, yeah, and look, I mean, Thornbury probably had one of the best games I've seen him play mm. for Connacht and Bealham as well was absolutely exceptional. But the Munster have to take that. You know, we need leaders to step up. You know, there's you have Kilcoyne on there. He gives away two early penalties. He needs to put his hand up. He's trying to get back in that Irish jersey and get back in that setup after being injured as well. But it just, it just doesn't seem like anyone's taking the reins and really having man-of-the-match performances week in, week out. We saw Jack O'Donoghue do it at times last season. But I, I'm not not seen anybody so far week in week out really playing well for those 80 minutes there's probably a lack of confidence there as well yeah it's it's yeah. definitely that and you can see it filtering through I'm sure Fiona you watch the exchanges up front especially closely it was quite noticeable we spoke after the Dragons game I remember now and um, they smelled blood somewhere 15-20 minutes into the game up front the Dragons mm. it was almost like they sensed hang on we're going to take Munster on here and so here we are a number of weeks later and and Connacht you know scoring those two tries in the second half Bealham and Paul Boyle they obviously smell blood as well in the mall and in the scrum so uh, even as Jerry said that traditional Munster grid and well look we'll take someone on up front that's evaporated thus far this season yeah, definitely. And in, uh, Connacht bullied them up front. I mean, at times right. the, the the mall was that Paul Boyle scored the trial. You know, Munster were looking at the referee. You know, this guy was there. They were looking for a knock on maybe at the back of the rock, but they, they didn't seem focused on the game. You should be more worried about what you're doing in that mall and stopping it dead. And I and I remember a couple of years ago, even talking to Graham Rowntree, and I was just so impressed and how he brought about a different change and how Munster defended the mall and they were stopping it at sorts and they were getting in early. I haven't even seen that in this team today and obviously Roundtree still has these same principles there but it just it just doesn't seem to be happening because I haven't seen any amazing setups by any other team you know that's totally obliterated monster it's more like they don't seem like they're really really up for it when they're in there yeah I, one of the kind of mumblings which has come out in the last couple of weeks as well is that they're not as fit really as the coaching ticket might like them to be as a group and to implement this more high octane game plan you need a level of fitness which isn't there so that's just to compend matters uh, further they're going to have to be very very savvy here uh, Graham Rentree and his, and, his, and his coaching staff in terms of trying to pick well we're going to find some root causes here we can't fix everything all at once we're going to have to fix certain things and, mm-hmm. and as you said Jerry, 
we need to get some points on the board now. Like uh, style points are for later on. Yep. We we now actually need to make sure that we get moving here. It's almost back to basics, isn't it? The yeah. result comes almost before the performance now because they need points on the board. If they miss out in the top eight and miss out in the Heineken Champions Cup next year and are consigned to the Challenge Cup, I mean, the Red Army will vote for the, with their feet. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm hearing that, for example, the Munster-Leinster game, the Aviva Stadium, has only sold around 28,000 tickets as of yet. That was, that was always traditionally a sellout, you know, and by now would be at least the, the ticket sales would be in the mid, mid-30s. One ventures that the Munster supporters are long sick, become tired of the Aviva Stadium and particularly games against Leinster and then you throw in the heartbreak of the Toulouse match as well. It's definitely not their favourite ground in the world. No. Um, <clears throat> Remember them losing against Saracens Garnets there, I think, as well, in playoff matches. So right. the record is pretty poor there. So they need results quickly. It looks like they almost need to go back a little bit to the basics. Bulls is going to be a very searching examination. I do think that, yeah, I, for example, Leinster just won at the weekend a pulsatingly thrilling match, which we'll come on to by 54 34. Conceded 34 points, five tries. What do you think they probably concentrated the most on in training today? Defence. Exactly. So I would think that you know the monster might have to start really simplifying things a little bit more just to get confidence back up again, be very sure in certain aspects of what they're going to try and do and just go out and get it. Hopefully get, get the crowd going early in Thoman Park. That was key, like, you know what I mean? That you see you see you see Connacht score really early on in front of seven thousand five hundred plus nearly a setout. They're immediately into the game, they become a factor in the match. But if you start slowly then your home advantage doesn't count as much. It's like Arsenal scoring after a minute against Liverpool, Joe. Well it gets did well to work that in. <laughs> um, it's just uh, always worth working in. Um, and so, yeah, I do think that it's a massive game for them. They score early. You know, every match has its own individual plot lines and it, it often dictated by what happens in the first 10 or 15 minutes. So just target a really good start, get ahead on the board, yeah. get the crowd into the game, get a win and just and move on. And, you know, so this has been said now increasingly over the last... Uh, well, 24 hours, 48 hours in particular, but maybe the last week that qualification for the Champions Cup is not the straightforward, taken for granted matter it has previously been. I haven't really looked into that too much because I just assumed, oh, it'll be grand. But seeing as you brought it up and we're seeing that the South African sides, I think, are better again this year for having had the experience of last year. How tricky is Champions Cup qualification now, realistically, for Munster here? Well, they've picked up, what is it, six points so far, thereabouts, against a fixture list yeah. of the Dragons, Cardiff, Zebra and Connacht. As easy a run with respect to all With Connacht. absolute co- total uh, respect. In but particular. But they've still yeah. got to play Leinster twice. They've yeah. still got to play four South African sides. They've still got to play Ulster twice. Yeah. So their fixture list is going to get progressively harder and it's starting to get harder right now. Mm. Um, so they're a little bit behind the eight ball even in terms of making that top eight now. I remember one season they did it with two late wins in Musgrave Park. They needed two wins out of two with bonus points and got the job done yeah. in front of Musgrave Park. They might f- have a little bit of a higher wire act to get into the Champions Cup again next year because as we're seeing from the South African sides, they're only going to get stronger. Um, our Munster, our, it's, it hit Connacht last season, it's going to hit them again this season. They are in the tougher section. Munster could conceivably finish eighth but miss out on Champions Cup because... They've one of the one of the Italians or Scottish sides tops their pool and finishes ninth. You know what I mean? So it, I think it is progressively getting more and more difficult to qualify for the Champions Cup. You certainly can't take it as red, and you certainly can't take it as red when you make a start like Munster made. Fiona Healy at ten and Carberry at fifteen caught the eye. Was that more just by necessity with injury in the back three? Uh, with Car- look, Joey, sorry, you're going to have to just start there, and 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 this isn't uh, Munster trying to find something new. Do you think? 
No, I, th- I think it was more necessity. I'm sure there's that conversation going on with Ireland. I mean, you're probably not looking at Carberry getting a chance at 15 at the minute unless he is an absolute crack in a few games, which he mightn't even get a shot in the Munster game, you know. So I, I'm sure they have to. He will he will be guaranteed some game time with Munster 10 because how can he how can he get called up to Six Nations if he isn't playing that? So it's 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 literally I think out of necessity. Uh, Jerry spoke earlier about that back three and the guys going away and obviously there's been injured injuries there. So I'd say to get Joey game time, he's gone in there and obviously Ben Healy's had a couple of good games. You know I wouldn't say as, as I said earlier there's he's getting the ball a lot going backwards or off not gain line carries so I thought he's been okay I thought Casey's actually been okay as well um but it's it's it I I would I would imagine going into the Bulls game in Toman Park um if we can get a couple of guys back in the the squad that you might see Carberry definitely starting at 10 he will be given a couple of games or that or that Leinster away or Ulster at home game as well and would you anticipate Munster with a real back to basics performance against the Bulls or like the coaching staff only have so much wiggle room here to you know, yeah. aspire to play this lovely brand of rugby, or that's the you know this this more expansive uh, brand of rugby. Uh, like I, they're kind of out of wiggle room almost. Yeah, I think so. I think they're, as I said, you know that 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 missed tackle stats. I mean, they've turned over the ball so many times as well. It's that basic error. So I think they will look at it. You know, pressure is obviously mounting for a performance. You're looking, you're watching other games throughout the weekend. Um, as a monster sport, I've talked to people about this, and and they just aren't enjoying the monster games. They're not seeing tries. They're not seeing you know magical episodes like we saw in that in that Leinster Sharks game. Some of the tries scored were amazing. The same with Ulster. They seem to be electric in attack we're just not seeing that with Munster so I think they need to take a bit of pressure off the guys probably we'll see a back to basics you know really concentrating on that set piece really trying to get the guys over the gain line and I think once the confidence is built up in them then they can start looking at playing that expansive rugby because I know the Bulls lost to Glasgow at the weekend I mean but they're they're an excellent team and definitely on their counter-attack they can be they can be very hard to contain. Because for uh, the last number of years, Jerry, we would talk about Munster URC games, which they had generally won. And we would say, yeah, they won. But is this going to do it in Europe in the latter mm. stages and criticise the, the style of rugby? We've now declined to, mm. now they're just, yeah. now they're just what, not winning. That's what results do, Joe. It's a results yeah. business, ultimately, always has been, always will be. I wonder privately, do the coaching staff think maybe we've bitten off more than we could chew in terms of trying to change too much too quickly? And as Fiona says, let's get some wins, let's get confidence. But they, you know, dragon, yeah, well, dragons and Osprey, they looked like very winnable games early on. So. And Cardiff looked very Cardiff, winnable, yeah. Me. Zebra looked like a five-pointer. So maybe, maybe they thought it was the right time. Let's try and yeah, play yeah, this different yeah, style. Yeah, I don't know. So it's tricky. Uh, Malachi Fekitawa hasn't lit it up either, I would say. Jerry. No, World I wouldn't Cup say winner. Charlie Natai has either. Maybe a bit better. It's, it's tough coming into a new environment from another country, playing in a different league, mm. playing with new teammates, playing against new opposition. It takes time, but he hasn't really torn it up yet for sure. Um, that hasn't helped um, either. But I wouldn't be sadly much of it with him. It's largely the same pool of players. Let's be honest. That were there last season. Yeah, that's not really a huge factor. I would say the injury, particularly injury toll in the back three and in the in the Emerging Ireland tour, hasn't done them any favours. Okay. So ultimately, they will all come back and the season will settle down. It's just where where are Munster going to be in the log? 
How yeah, much? And with and with that, sorry, Joe, as well. Yeah. I mean, Fekatau is like he hasn't lit it up, but he's getting a good few. Like he's high up in the carry charts, but he's just not getting the ball in space. We can't. Munster mm. can't seem to give him the ball in space. He's getting it with two guys attacking him every time. You can see he's trying to offload it, but he's he's absolutely taking hits out there. And I think the game plan, obviously, Goggin is in there. He might, you know, they they're trying to form a partnership. There's injuries in the center. There's guys away there as well. They seem to be sticking with Goggin, but I don't think it's working. I don't think they're fine in that space okay and uh, what would you say of Connacht then Fiona what do we take or what do they take from that performance like it, it wasn't the most high quality 80 minutes across the board Connacht a bit like Munster just needed points yeah, I think so. You know, you looked at Jack Carty's kicking game. I mean, at times I was questioning why, like, why aren't they going for points? They, they should have been far ahead of Munster. Um, they would have been disappointed at half time. But look, they had the crowd behind them. I thought some of the players were absolutely outstanding on the day. I spoke about Thornbury. I thought he was immense in the line out. Just, they seemed to be, you know, they were up for it. They were physical. There was a want there to win the game. The front row were were exceptional. You know, as you spoke about Dave Heffern, and I thought he got around the pitch and got involved as well but look Connacht obviously we, we've talked about how attacking we haven't seen the same style attacking or they, they weren't getting the, the ball wide um, as much this season as we saw last season but they went out there to try and win the game and they came away with all points and they came away with guys actually having great performances as well we saw Matt Hansen he's electric when he got going his feet his footwork and everything and and he burned Joey I know Joey was watching the ball but he, he done really well to catch and go around him so look they had some star performances and on the 4G pitch Monster training for G as well. There's no uh, excuse there. I just thought that it, it really suited them, and they they looked like they were getting around the place pretty well. It was a vital win for them, and it was coming. I mean, I tipped them to win. I thought their performances were progressing over the three games, and you could see they were making more line breaks. They were making entries in the 22. They looked closer to winning a match than Munster had done and I thought even at 13 to 8 I thought they, they shouldn't have been underdogs I thought it was generous odds on Connacht given the way they've been playing and the emotive factor of being at home you know what I mean 7,500 capacity crowd virtually and wanting to do it on this new pitch so now they've got momentum going into the Leinster game it was almost must win for them as well yeah. given they've got Leinster coming this Friday they could have been five from five defeats and then how, how would their season be looking so they, they needed that they'll get another full house this coming Friday very weird the fixture isn't it that their two marquee matches have coming back to back in October their first two home games a season really puzzling fixture schedule but anyway I think um, I agree with everything that Fiona said about all the performances Gavin Thornby Jack Carty will only get better and that was his first run out since May yeah um and uh, John Porch again came up with a couple of hugely important plays. Um, maybe Connor Fitz, I don't know if he's the answer at full back, that's a bit of an issue for them, but it's a very handy having that left boot option. Um, yeah, so there's a little bit of momentum now, which is something Munster would love to. Monday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Nobody look at you the way Johnny Sexton looks at referees. <laughs> I did think to myself, I was like, oh, it's nice to be back here. It's like, it's just something very reassuring about Johnny Sexton giving out to Craig Evans. I thought this is, the world is crazy at the moment, but there are some things we can depend on. Um, 18,000 of this game, 13 tries, mm-hmm. eight for Leinster, five for Sharks, who played a great brand of rugby, you'd have to say. Some of their tries were fantastic. It was 21-20 at half time, So a real contest. Uh, Leinster pulled away in the second half with five tries, including from Andrew Porter and Robbie Henshaw and Sexton in that second half. So I said, Jerry, at the top, this is the kind of regular season fair that URC organisers and fans alike have been crying out for for years. Yep. And um, 
there was a portent of it in the semi-final defeat last season as well and I, I always felt that Leinster were going to target this match because they, they'd been beaten at home by a South African side in the semi-finals it didn't matter it wasn't the same South African side they wanted to make a statement as they'd done in the first game of last season as well um, and I thought that uh, it, they would go for it and they did it's a little bit surprising that they were opened up but then again you've got to give credit mm. for the way they, the Sharks played and some of the tries like um, Afalele Fassi the fullback two tries and that winner um, Takir Abrahams Fast Whoa, and quick feet. Mm. What footwork. His try where he knocked it by, I'm not sure who it was. Yeah. And he had about a 15 metre head start yeah. on him and he yeah. said, I, I, I like the look of this. Yeah, caught Gary Ringrose, the length was of the match. It was, ring, it was yeah. okay, so like... This is after leaving three or four people in his wake with his footwork a, from a high ball. Basically, when he caught the ball, he had the entire Leinster team in front of him and he scored <laughs> at the other end, which is quite a feat. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, it wasn't a lumbering uh, second row he kicked it by and, yeah. and outran. Yeah. yeah. So this Amazing. could be important of things to come that the South African sides are now going to generate this excitement every time they come to town. And then, of course, you've got the prospect of Leinster going back there and they didn't have Khaleesi and Am and um, mm. Mapimpe and these players. Like, yeah. they're, they're, gonna, they're all going to be a serious force and, in this competition. do you think that's why it was a sellout? Like, no, not every game, Leinster game is a sellout, do you think? I think the semi-final last year had something to do yeah. with it. Kind of, oh, OK, we better start taking these South Africans. We should have been there for that semi-final, roaring on our team. And it was a great match as well, that semi-final. So we better, these South African sides are going to be taken seriously from now on. Yes. And it's great for the tournament. This is what they wanted, you know, this kind of high-end entertainment. And I've no doubt it's improving standards and it's probably going to be beneficial for the Irish teams. And it's probably not helping the All Blacks or Australia that they've come into our league and away from Super Rugby. Because Fiona Stuart Lancaster has talked in the past and... You know, we all talk about all oh, Leinster struggling with size, be it La Rochelle or Saracens. But uh, Lancaster and, and Leo Cullen have, have acknowledged that, but only to a point. I don't think they love that, but they have certainly said, Lancaster definitely on the record is saying, we could do with being tested more often. So now suddenly, in comparison with a couple of years ago, Leinster have a lot of tape to look at and say, well, geez, defensively, mm. you know, like we, as opposed to being ambushed in a semi-final and they don't get a second chance. Well, that's it. And let's not, these South African teams aren't small in the pack anyway. So they'll definitely come up against some big guys. But like that game was just outstanding to watch. It was so exciting. You know, as a neutral, you're just watching it, enjoying the rugby that's in front of you. And to see the Sharks score some absolutely immense tries. I mean, a strike plays offset piece. They cut cut open Leinster a couple of times. Now, to be fair to Leinster, they're absolutely outstanding in that kind of red zone, in that scoring zone. They were so clinical. They were were really good in the second half. particular they might go back and have a look at their defense but I thought they're just their attack and they you know even we saw two lovely kicks through we had Nagati to Henshaw and Henshaw had a a Mm. kick through himself to to Ringrose and we saw Johnny with another little chip over to himself so look it was just a game where we saw a bit of everything it was highly entertaining and I just to have that many tries scored as well really brought the excitement to a game and it it shows like Leinster can now go back as, as Jerry said earlier and look and say look we need to work on those areas where Whereas probably in, in previous seasons, they're just cruising through some of these games. They haven't seen, oh, we've been opened up here. What's the reason b- behind that? Whereas this is going to happen a little bit more with these South African teams and they can really test themselves. And in conceding those five tries, did you see anything in Leinster's defence that caught your eye as being uh, troublesome in particular? Um, just a, a kind of not really in particular but I think off some of the strike plays off set piece I mean there was a lovely line out the, the Sharks just when they got wide I think that tar- and the transition as well the turnover when they turned over the ball Lins were probably a little bit caught um, high up in the tackle area so it's just readjusting and probably getting their shape a, a little bit quicker than that but you know Lins are the type of team they've guys in guys out they're constantly they can change teams up each week and it doesn't really make much of a difference so I'd say there was a couple of areas where maybe 
maybe guys had kind of come in and and weren't as sharp as other guys and they'll tighten that up there was nothing absolutely that opened up in my mind about how they were defending they weren't too narrow maybe they shot up a couple of times but I think that was more individual error rather than a systems failure I would say Fiona that they've had a little bit of difficulty um, blooding in Charlie Natai that in, particularly in that Zebra game I remember I think there was three first phase tries by Zebra through their backs through backs, strike plays yeah. there was another couple by the Sharks on Saturday and at times the midfield has got a little bit tight or bunched mm. and they've left space and left their wingers quite exposed and I do think that's a, been a little bit of an issue for them just him bleeding into, into that midfield and it all making understand each other in defence that's been one little bit of an issue for them um, but uh, there was also that Gary Rainbow's chip as well do you remember off his left foot I didn't know he could chip yeah. off his left foot <laughs> he had a great game um, and the other thing about it as well is very relevant towards the Heineken Cup isn't it because playing these South African sides Leinster have struggled against the Saracens of this world and now they're back top of the table and back in the Champions Cup and the South African sides are in the Champions Cup again so it's going to get harder to win and they struggled against La Rochelle the last two seasons and with that in mind isn't Jason Jenkins looking at a brilliant brilliant signing to me the difference he's making to their mall in attack and defence what a cupid a bit Business. And you think back to Brad Thorne and Scott Fardy and Nathan Hines, they've always had, as Bernard Jackman described on TV, a tractor and a foreign tractor in the second row yeah. who just does the donkey work, the dirty work. And he's and they're all talking about him. Whenever you interview Lancer players, they talk about his intelligence, his influence on their scrum and on their, on their mall. Did Munster let him go? Yeah, I think so. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but he only played something like 420 minutes. Now, he did have a good few injuries, but then it seemed that Johan van Graan wasn't picking him much either. So it's um, it's quite extraordinary to see his influence from Leinster. I, mean, I told you about that Ulster game. That first hour, they were just bullying Ulster mm-hmm. off the park. Then he went off and Ulster began to bully Leinster. Now, it can't just be down to him, I know, but yeah. uh, his influence has been, it's been very encouraging for Leinster because they needed that, no doubt. Yeah, and it's the off the ball work as you're speaking about, Jerry. It's not those like it's not those big massive carries. Obviously, he 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 makes that and he gets gain round, but it's it's his work inside in the middle of the mall. It's it's his uh, rocking ability. He's getting Leinster that quick ball. You don't a lot of people that probably wouldn't understand how important it is to have that guy, and especially in the scrum as well. You can see he's tightening up that scrum, so he's such a big bulk. But uh, what a bit of business is right. Poor old Munster. They were uh, did Snyman and, and Jenkins, and you look there was a lot injuries and now he's absolutely shining up in Leinster for them fair play tell you they're running a tight ship down Limerick <laughs> <laughs> ticking, a, ticking every box I mean like we would just discuss them being bullied up front and Jenkins is doing what he's doing for Leinster I mean, yeah. I, you really hope they're ask, asking hard questions of themselves at all levels of well, they have been very, very unlucky with, and again, apologies for not correctly spelling his, uh, pronouncing his name in the safe knowledge that I never will, but R.G. Snyman has been sure. one of the unluckiest players in, in Irish rugby over the last three seasons. No, I take that point, but um, Jenkins, I suppose, jumps out a little bit. Mm. Uh, I guess it is the nature because of his age in particular. You'll you, uh, take a close look, I and mean, his importance to Ireland, you'll take a close look at Johnny Sexton after uh, you know a summer's break and, and see any signs of, of uh, deterioration, but he looked like he was in fine fettle. He did. Back to his vintage self yeah. in every sense. There was almost something encouraging to having that running dialogue with the referee and always insisting in getting in the last word. Yeah. I'd say he was a nightmare to teach in the classroom, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but it was also great to see him playing so well, pulling the strings and the passing range, the goal kicking, that chip for his own try. Like he's still a threat to the try line at 37. Yeah. He's just, he's so vital. He's still the most important player in Leinster and still certainly the most important player in Irish rugby. Yeah. What, yeah. Did, you, what did you make and of Fiona? 
yeah, just thought he was outstanding. But even that whole, you know, like as a, as a non-Leinster supporter, people would be like, oh, he's whinging and he's moaning. But it's it's his teammates. Like, they absolutely love that leadership. And he's sticking up for them and he's pointing out. So he's he's like the ideal captain. He's getting stuck in there and he's in the ref's head, although it can be annoying. But, you know, as someone that's around him and playing with him, you really want to play for that person when you, when you see him doing that and you see him constantly looking after you as a team. So, you know, he just brings that leadership. He's uh, he's all loop play was back again at it at its best I thought um, he was just outstanding in distribution and you know we see him do those loops and he gets absolutely nailed sometimes he puts someone else into space and he, you're not expecting him to get up at, at that age well I wouldn't have that age anyway but he he just picks himself up brushes himself off and, and moves on with the game and I thought he was really really good you know a lot of times guys come back and we talked about Jack Carty and you know oh, he, the more he gets the more he plays he'll come back in he mightn't have had his best game for Connacht but the thing about Johnny Sexton is he mightn't have played a couple of games and he just walks in and, and is absolutely brilliant and it's great for Ireland going forward with the World Cup I suppose There was a penalty just before half time against Leinster when they under attack for a jackal the right winger for the Sharks made a jackal but clearly another the tackler hadn't rolled away yeah. and Johnny not so politely <laughs> pointing this out to the referee because that's the other thing he's generally right Yeah Well he did make the not unreasonable point they tried to take two of our players heads off uh, yeah. later on in the game yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to someone who, who has a, a great sense of the game and has watched Leinster very closely and um, just uh, they scored eight tries and that's great but made the observation if you want to stop Leinster stop them in the first two phases or you're in big trouble but that is the key and if you do stop them in the first two phases of any kind of uh, developing stage of play offset piece in particular then you really do have a great chance against them mm. um, it's just an observation and uh, yeah interesting yeah but yeah because when they do start to generate momentum generally when they get inside the 22 and they're they're, they're their lineup mall goes forward, or the first carry goes forward. Yeah. As soon as night follows day, yeah. there's a Leinster dry coming down the and road. And I guess that's you know when you think of the Toulouse where they ran what four, mm. put 40, 50 points on them versus La Rochelle. Mm. Yeah, that that is the difference. You're the other key as well is the speed of their breakdown ball, the speed of their yeah. rock ball. That's what blew Toulouse off the park. Even the head coach um, Ugo Mola admitted straight afterwards, we don't we don't play against that kind of mm. high tempo in the top fourteen. Don't people teams don't, against us don't you know generate that kind of quick ball? La Rochelle took your theory to the zenith and actually slowed them down and that's went a long way towards winning that final. Yeah, so it seems teams of a certain level find it very hard to stop them and then the very best team has managed to but 21 tries in four games is uh, some going for mm. uh, Leinster. We should mention Ulster as well. Luke Marshall, his great start to the season very much continues, scored two tries, man of the match and they've made a big signing it would seem. Mm. Uh, we're talking about South African bulk so Stephen Kitchoff, Ulster, Next season, mm-hmm. 30 years of age, 72 caps. Uh, I guess uh, the guy with the red hair, if you're like, which one, yes. which one of those <laughs> yes. giant props yes. is he? The ginger, the ginger. Yeah. More <laughs> Irish looking than South African looking, are yes. So uh, three year deal and that's a bit of heft. That is uh, a serious literally. signing. Yeah, that's yeah. a serious signing. And uh, Rory Sutherland in the interim as well. And, mm. you know, it doesn't affect the, the growth of Tom O'Toole and Marty Moore's presence in Tighthead. It certainly strengthens their hand. It shows their ambition. The great uh, backs. So, I mean, oh, the can, backs are wonderful to watch. If, if they can do a number on you up front, they're yes. serious opposition. What I love watching about Ulster is when they get inside the 22, it's not just crash, bang, wallop. Mm. It's not going to be just pick and jam, which frankly is getting a little bit tedious, isn't it? So many tries are now the same. Do you wonder, should we bring in a rugby league type rule? Five pick and jams and you're done, folks. Now it's yeah. cross kick or play rugby time. You know what I mean? It's obviously particularly with all this head first yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? And the yeah. current all your player wincing. safety. Yeah, yeah your yeah, wins. Yeah. I mean, and like this, this, this fight with their heads, Fiona, to see who can get lower. Mm. That's it. And they're, they're definitely going to start looking at that area. Jerry, you could be onto one there, onto a winner. <laughs> 
Well, it make for a better spectacle too, wouldn't yeah. it? You know, yeah, just too yeah. many tries the same. But yeah, they're, 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 they actually will try and play rugby. They will try and yeah, open sides up in the opposition 22. And they often succeed. I mean, again, they've been scoring some, I think they're 20 tries, aren't they? Oh, easily. Yeah. They must yes. be after. I think they're second to Leinster. And they're, Wales yeah, well. yeah. And they're, they're scoring some lovely tries. It's great to see Luke Marshall back playing so well again. Yep. Two seasons, I think, when he started three games through his various injuries. This And the James Hume to come back, you know, the McCluskey there. Nathan Doak to come back. He's playing really good rugby. John Cooney playing really good rugby. Yeah. Billy Burns, in his own quiet, unassuming way, is playing good rugby as well. Mm. Then you put Balakoon back in that mix and Ethan McElroy. As well as Michael Larry and Stuart Moore, like the, just a f- exceptional homegrown unit of back players. They're really good, great to watch. And with these signings, Fiona, there's just that sense of uh, 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 progression moving in the right direction, and just a club with their house in order. When you compare it to Munster, where it just seems all the, even the off the field decisions are going wrong. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they made nine changes from the previous game and they, they still just looked tight. They they were so clinical inside that 22. As Jerry said, they they change it up. It's not just the big guys carrying him. Vermeulen, it was great to see him back. I, I love watching him. There was a lovely carry, but the try was disallowed. Um, but it was it was just watching him in action. I think he's brilliant. He gets gain line for Ulster. But a lot of guys have stepped up. I mean, uh, the Rays are playing exceptional rugby as well. You know, you're talking about you're talking about the, the back line. So electric to watch. I mean, McCluskey and Marshall that's that's a partnership that is really really working you know they really play off one another they've probably you know grown up playing with one another they're on that on that Ulster squad a long time together and I think they're starting to come into real form and and for for Marshall to be injury free it's 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 great for him and look they're they're getting the ball and they're making the guys in the back three look electric as well they've sexed and they've just got some really really good players but it's the style of rugby which is exciting to watch we might not have seen it as much in the Leinster game the week before but they were all over this Ospreys team I thought it was an exceptional performance mm. and really really good game of rugby One caveat to there has been perfectly in order is that despite scoring 52 points or whatever it was away to the Scarlets and playing some breathtaking rugby that day and having Leinster at home the following weekend it was far from a sellout and it was even a smaller crowd last week in, in the wake of the Leinster defeat so I don't know if they're marketing the game quite as well as they should mm. be are they overpricing the tickets colleagues of mine tell them the cheapest tickets there are £50 sterling you know that it's expensive to go and watch an Ulster game cheapest, I mean, cheapest tickets for an Ulster URC I, game are 50 sterling I think sterling. that's seated not terracing now. that's oh. seated that's what I was told by Ulster, by Ulster colleagues of mine and uh, you know, they do seem to be struggling a little bit just to fill the stadium out which given the brand of rugby they're playing um, yeah, is a bit of a is. Well, you know. I'd be heading for the terrace. I'll be honest. Mm. At fifty sterling, and then in the <laughs> night against Leinster, if you had the terrace, you got drenched. Yeah, I'd be watching that at home. <laughs> fifty well, sterling's <laughs> a lot. It yeah. is a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I stand to be correct, and that's what my new okay. my journalist colleagues told me. But yeah. certainly, I've been up there a couple of times, and they've been far. They have not been selling, and certainly didn't look. It looked even less of a crowd at the weekend, which, the like weekend I say, given it. the brand of rugby they're playing, is a little bit disappointing. But then again, maybe we've been spoiled over the years by the way all our four provincial, five provincial grounds have just been filled out in a regular capacity. Mm. So what's the caveat then with Ulster, uh, Fiona? Where are they going to come unstuck? We saw them lose to Leinster and we've seen them obviously get to a certain level in Europe. What What is the ultimate issue for them when it gets down to the, the really meaty stages? I don't know. I think they seem to, you know, it was obviously momentum last year. They they seemed to lose it when it was coming into those big games. They were they were losing them by just a couple of points. They've signed a good few players. They they look a lot sharper. So I don't know. I, I think they're they're game on. I think they're gonna have a, a really good season. I think they could get far in Europe. They have that bulk, you know, they have a really good, strong back row. Like the likes of Marty Moore has has been rejuvenated. He he's doing immense in the front row. He's great to watch. The the line out seems to be going well for them. Them. The the guys 
the guys are playing electric in the centre. We've really good back three. So it's just, I suppose, if they can keep these guys playing and, and stay injury free, they look pretty good to me when I'm watching them. Defensively, I thought they were good. Obviously, up front, I maybe Leinster might have bullied them a little bit at times, but they had kind of rotated a few guys. They've guys to come back in. You've the likes of Henderson as well to come back in. So they, there's nowhere that I'm not seeing at the minute where you could say let's attack Ulster in that area. I thought their mall defence was was really good at times and their scrummaging as well. So I think it will be more about the lines of keeping guys fit and keeping them fresh looking. And if they can do it as the season progresses, I think they'll go far in Europe this season. Okay. I know I praise Billy Burns, but you know when you do think he needs to be brilliant, he needs to have his best season yeah. ever for them to climb the mountaintop because... Just thinking there in my head as Fiona was talking, I think the Irish provinces have won seven Heineken Cups and the three at halves in question have been David Humphreys, Ron O'Gara and Johnny Sexton. You generally need uh, an A-list top quality at half to win the Heineken Champions Cup, albeit La Rochelle won it last year with Ohio West, which you mightn't put necessarily in that category. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Leinster, as we said, will be in Galway on Friday. I didn't mention, just to mention, injuries to Jordan Armour, Rhys Ruddock, Luke McGrath and Ryan Baird. Three HIAs at the four, which is uh, the nature of a contest like that mm-hmm. at the RDS, Larmour, the leg. So we'll uh, get updates, I'm sure, across the week. Well, but none of them will be playing next Friday, that's for sure. Gone, and and Larmour looks okay. the most worrying of them. Yeah. Any updates? Uh, just that they're, 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 they're waiting on, they have to wait on the results of scan. They don't have the results yet, but he's he's looking like weeks rather than days if you know what I mean whereas okay. the other guys will probably well they certainly miss one game maybe two and, and go through the protocol yeah. then um, just to finish Cheetahs 14 Emerging Ireland 21 mm. the, uh, the tour so you know you came and went and we talked about it a lot and then didn't I don't think it captured the imagination at all uh, what do we say in a line or two about this how will this be remembered well Paul O'Connell and I know that Andy Farland time and all the Irish coaches will um, sing the virtues of this tour for mm. forever to come and all the players clearly enjoyed themselves and had a great time and they had three outstanding wins the pick of which was probably against the Cheetahs I've no idea how they won the game because they won it with less than 40% possession or territory they gave away 18 <laughs> penalties conceded three yellow cards if you could put a gamble on which two naughty boys were going to be in the naughty chairs simultaneously you probably would have picked Keane Prendergast and Joe McCarthy serial offenders they got to stop. They got to stop reaching out when it's the the, the cause is lost. Okay. Just you know, um, but there was lots of excellent performances. Tom O'Hearn, um, yeah. outstanding. Nathan Doak looks really classy. Obviously, Jack Crowley looked really well. Jamie Osborne played well. Um, Young Calhan is a serious player. Obviously, Max Deegan led the side very well, and Keen Prendergast did lead the side very well. Um, their lineup was excellent. They stole throws galore, but their scrum was obliterated. All in all, I'm sure it's been very beneficial for all those involved. Yes. And maybe one or two will come through and quali- play in the squad of the World Cup. I don't know if it's going to make a blind bit of difference when Ireland play mm. the All Blacks or France in the quarter-final if it comes to that. But my concern all along has been the effect on the provinces. And like I said earlier, if Munster miss out in the Heineken Champions Cup by one or two or three, four points... Um, then potentially we'll never know but this tour might have come at quite a long term consequence for them Okay, Uh, There's no World Cup bolter on that tour is there Fiona? There could be there could be a couple. I mean, you're looking at some of the performances aren't up to scratch and, uh, and some of the teams. But, um, you know, I think Nathan Doak would be someone that would be definitely putting their hand there, thereabouts. You know, the back row is really, really strong and Colhan is is a young guy, but he's been absolutely immense. So you never know with injuries who could get in there. And obviously we've got the two, you talk about uh, McCarthy and uh, and the second rows in there. They, they, they're quite good as well. They just probably need to bulk up a little bit more. And, you know, they, you just don't know, I suppose. 
suppose, with injuries, but definitely form-wise, I saw a few guys put their hand up and say, hey, have a look at me if there's any injuries. You might see them maybe in 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 uh, up-and-coming uh, international games in November. Tom O'Hearn had the final play of the mm. match visionally in the 81st minute, having been down for treatment, much to the annoyance of the South African commentators about six occasions. <laughs> and he was definitely running on empty, but he makes the final jackal, wins the final penalty that, that's kicked dead, and he gets the, the big two-by-two check for... 5,000 grand or whatever it was for a man of the match right, in right. and you can hear in the background him saying it's okay boys I won't fit into my pocket <laughs> so I'm sure they had a good time maybe went into a kitty uh, money for man of the match now we're talking yeah <laughs> me the, the silver for charity I don't know yeah. but anyway I'm sure they had a great time we are out of time Fiona Hayes thank you very much thanks guys great chatting Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times thanks Jerry. pleasure cheers our rugby coverage on Off the Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us